Hey sis, and welcome to another episode of the podcast. So I wanted to start off this episode with just a little quick intro. I know that we are all currently going through different things related to inflation. Um, Gas prices are like just looking like ghetto numbers girl and so i wanted to bring on one of my friends tiffany who is a financial coach and she has just an amazing story around debt paying off debt um, and just financial health overall and so i know that financial stress can be one of the many causes to um, our stress as it relates to mental health Um, and i know that Anxieties come up when it comes to finances, how to get your finances in order. We're all thinking about creating generational wealth, but never really, if you haven't, been given the tools to know how to properly do so. So me and Tiffany are going to talk about in a part one and part two episode that you'll hear next week on financial health. She's going to talk a little bit about money story, mindset when it comes to money. I'm going to share a little bit about my own money story, which y'all have heard before, but for those of you that are new, You'll be able to hear that. And then next week, we're going to go into great detail around how to pay off debt, how to increase your income, how you can do different things to just get more money into your bank account. Um, And so I really thought that this would be a great opportunity to just kind of share this. This is one of those episodes that you want to go back and listen to over and over. If you are interested in anything related to learning about that, Tiffany is so good and so awesome. So I really hope that you enjoy this episode and I'll talk to y'all soon. The Therapy is a Christian podcast is all things mental health and Christ. We specifically talk about how mental health and God are merged together to foster growth, healing, and making mental health a normal conversation. I'm your host, Roz and Renee, and welcome to the show. Hello and welcome. You are listening to the Therapy is a Christian podcast. I'm your host, Rosa Renee. Welcome to another episode of the show. And y'all, I am super excited about this interview. I'm going to be interviewing my sis, Tiffany. We met in a group coaching program for our businesses, I want to say last year, was it, Tiffany? Yeah, probably last year. Yeah, so um, I wanted to bring Tiffany on because she is definitely an expert when it comes to money, mindset, all of those things when it comes to debt. And I know that finances can be a very big stressor for people and really impact their mental health. So we're going to actually be doing a part one and part two series around money and debt. She's going to share her story in this episode. And I really hope that y'all get a lot from just understanding a little bit more about the stresses of money, money story, and what it looks like because so much not only with money impacting our mental health, really understanding where we started to learn those behaviors of money and spending money and saving money all started off when we were growing up. So Tiffany, why don't you say, hey, girl, and tell us a little bit about you. 
Yes. Hello. I'm Tiffany. I am the founder of The Lotus Legacy, and I've been trying something new, so bear with me, you all. So um, I like to introduce myself with like the essence of who I am. So I am at heart a dreamer. I'm a problem solver. Um, I love change. So I'm a change maker. So if things aren't working, I am not afraid to, to make things happen. And I'm really like an encourager and a champion of women. So that's who I am like at the core. And obviously, so I use all of those things in my business as a personal finance and mindset coach. Um, you know, I help my clients solve problems with their money. I help them dream about what they want their lives to look like. I champion them through all of the obstacles and struggles of getting started. And so it's it's a really great balance. So um, I am a certified financial coach. So again, I help people with their day-to-day -day finances. And I'm also a mindset coach. So I help you with your money mindset. And so I love this conversation about money story, because this is where the root of your mindset really begins. So I'm excited to, to join and have this conversation. Yeah. So first, let me just say that intro was bomb. But second, <laughs> tell us how you got into wanting to be a certified financial coach. Yeah. So, I mean, and this basically just goes straight into my money story. So I grew up in a household where money management wasn't taught. Um, it was an adult conversation. Right. So I didn't see my parents managing their money. Um, if anything, I've saw them fighting about money. I didn't really see a healthy relationship with money at home um, in school. Money management wasn't taught. So I went into an early adulthood. I call myself like if YOLO was a person like that was me. Um, <laughs> so I, I made so many money mistakes like as an early adult. Right. Because I went from not really having to manage money at all to being on my own and working and having, you know, access to a lot of money and not knowing what to do with it. So just about any and every money mistake that you can make um, from overdrafting your account, maxing out credit cards, um, having my car almost being repoed, you know, all of the things, um, withdrawing money from my 401k or um, cashing out my 401k whenever I left the job, all of those things that they say that you aren't supposed to do with money. I did about all of those in early adulthood because I didn't have that experience and that knowledge. And when I got married to my husband, um, you know, my husband was pretty good with money and we didn't have any debt going into our marriage. But um, after we got married, we went into that, our marriage with just kind of like a, that same kind of YOLO mindset, bought a house, had a kid and did the absolute most. Um, it ended up in $91,000 of debt. And I knew that something had to change, right? Like if I was going to live the life that I wanted to live, and I always, I always told the story is, you know, really what happened for me was a vision um, and God speaks to me in visions. And so I saw a, a video montage almost of what my life could look like on both ends of the spectrum. So what would happen if I didn't do anything and, and we stayed on the course that we were on and, you know, racking up that much debt. And it was probably like 18 months that we got that much debt. Um, what would happen, right? And I saw conflict in my marriage. I saw financial stress and struggle that I've seen throughout my life with different adults in my family. Um, I saw possible divorce. So I saw all, all the things that it could look like if we didn't make any changes. And then I saw the other side, like what would happen if I, I changed my life with and my mindset with money? 
And I saw, you know, my kids going off to college and I had to look a pride in the crowd, um, like as if I had something to do with that. I saw my kids getting married. I saw my husband and I traveling and I saw just a lot of harmony and peace in my life. And I knew then that I needed to do something drastically different and change. So I started with Dave Ramsey um, and I use a pretty loose Dave-ish um, type of uh, uh, process with my clients now, but um yeah, we, I started with the Dave Ramsey program. We paid that debt off in three years. And, but through that process, I realized that there's a lot of people who are still stuck in that place that haven't really figured out how to make that mindset shift to do the things that they know that they want and need to do. This episode of The Therapy is a Christian Podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. If you think you might be feeling depressed, stressed, anxious, or overwhelmed, which I know we all have, BetterHelp is here to help. So I think about all the time when I first started therapy back in 2018, and if I had never taken the step where my life would be at now, especially having had now become married, have a kid, gone through a pandemic, being pregnant in a pandemic. And I remember just in general, when I got engaged to my husband right before starting therapy, how overwhelmed I was. Just the thoughts of, I'm about to commit my life to this person, and I don't even know how to cope with anxiety and just feeling so overwhelmed all the time. And so I'm so thankful that I took the step to actually go to therapy because I really believe I gained so many tools from having that experience. And now still being in therapy now, four and a half years later, I've learned so much throughout those different transitions, specifically just having a space for myself. So BetterHelp offers licensed therapists who are trained to listen and help you. When you talk to your therapist, you're able to talk to them in a private online environment at your convenience. There is a broad range of expertise and better helps 20,000 therapist network that gives you access to help that may not be in your area. You may be a college student and really needing an online experience. You may be a working mom who doesn't have the time to actually go drive to a therapist's office. Or you may be somebody that works from home and likes the convenience of being able to take a break during your day to meet with your therapist. All you need to do is just fill out a small questionnaire to be able to help assess your specific needs and then you'll get matched with a therapist within 48 hours. Then you'll schedule a secure video and phone session. Plus you'll be able to exchange unlimited messages. And that is so amazing because everything you share with them is completely confidential which means they can't go out and share your business with other people. So the useful part about this, and I think what is amazing is when we transitioned into the pandemic, I was able to actually meet my therapist online and I did not realize how much of a convenience that was. And it was so, so helpful. So if you get matched with a therapist and you don't like them or you don't feel like you are really able to open up to them, you can request a new therapist at no additional charge anytime. So y'all join the 2 million plus people who have taken charge of their mental health with an experienced better health therapist. I have a special offer for you guys for the Therapy as a Christian podcast listeners where you can get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash Rosalind Renee. That's better, B-E-T-T-E-R, help, H-E-L-P, dot com slash Rosalind Renee, R-O-S-L-Y-N-R-E-N-E. Thanks again to BetterHelp for sponsoring this podcast. Now let's get back to the show. Because we all know that managing money is important. You know, you need to make sure that you're 
expenses and your income match. We know all of these things. We know we need good credit. We know we need to save and plan for retirement, but we just don't know where to start. And a lot of that starts with your money story and your mindset. So I knew that I wanted to be able to give back um, and share my experience and then help somebody else as well. Yeah. So even when you were kind of in your YOLO phase, were there (laughs) ever moments where you were like, girl, get it together? Like Mm -hmm. multiple times. Because I think Mm -hmm. before we really address the issue, there is continuous signs of self-awareness of like, this isn't working. Mm -hmm. This isn't moving me forward. What did that look like for you before y'all kind of got to this place of we need to start working through our debt, even before you got married, like were there multiple moments of you were like, okay, this isn't working. How did you kind of perceive that? And what before, because sometimes we're just also like, okay, whatever, I can't deal with it today. We kind of go back into old habits. Mm-hmm. Like, what was that yeah. like for you? Yeah, I mean, I was definitely on that that seesaw that I feel like a lot of people are on when it comes to their finances, right? They'll be gung-ho one day and all on board and they're, you know, they got their budget laid out and they're, they're super strict. And then it's like, you know, binge drinking or binge eating or something like that, right? Like where you just completely fall off the wagon and it's really hard to recover from that. Because then once you do it, then you're like, oh, you're feeling guilt and shame and you're beating yourself up about it. And then it, it makes it hard to start the process all over again. And I went through so many phases of that. Um, actually, you know, even before I met my husband, like that was a huge um, stressor in the relationship that I had with a pre- my, with my ex. And that was ultimately the reason why we split up is because, you know, he was really good with money and wanted me to budget and wanted me to save. But I was not ready to hear and receive any of that. Um, but God knew what he was doing because um, that was not the man for me. Um <laughs> And that's that's a story for another day. But, you know, even like those little things, like those nudges, those signs, all of that conflict was always there. Um, But it wasn't it was it wasn't easy for me to see until I could until I had that vision, until God like really revealed to me, you know, what was possible for me in my life on, again, both ends of the spectrum. Um, I wasn't able to make any changes. Yeah. And I think one of the things that comes up, too, because I think about for myself, my personal money story. So I've talked about this before on the podcast, but if you haven't heard, so my parents um, growing up, we didn't really talk about money, but I want to say when I was in middle school, my parents, late elementary, uh, early middle school, my parents started a business and they were very lucrative. They were actually, they made millions of dollars in revenue on their business. Nice. So the the great thing about that is, is we weren't struggling for money. The cost on the other side of that was I was exposed to really the negative side of that in the sense of when my parents got money, there were two different people. My mom was the saver and my dad was the spender. So you think of someone who has a lot of money and they already don't really know how to manage it. Mm-hmm. They just spend it. And so I saw a lot of like, um, them having constant conversations about money and mm-hmm. like the struggle of having to work hard to repay things. And then when things got really bad towards the end of their business, I saw a lot of us, like we would get our cars repo, people mm-hmm. come knock on the door, like all kinds of different things would happen. Mm-hmm. And so my connotation with money very early on was that a lot of money or a lot of having a lot of income meant you're going to lose it all. So my, mm-hmm. my perspective was very like shaped around, oh, we don't need a lot of money. 
However, I also felt like I had a lot of tendencies of my dad in the sense I would say I would spend money. So there was never really like a budget conversation. I think I didn't really kind of understand the concept of budgeting until they lost everything. So my parents end up out with bankruptcy. They end up closing down their business, all of this kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. And so my mom for a long time, pretty much all of high school was paying down debt that they had had and gained through their business. So she was scraping to get by. Like everything was, every single penny was accounted for. So I saw the concept of budgeting, but budgeting also meant to me struggle. So there was no real like positive understanding of money. Um, I did work a job when I was in high school. I understood like, okay, if I say this amount of money, I can buy this. I understood that. But there was never really like a conversation of discussion of 401k. There was mm-hmm. never really a conversation of credit cards. And we did have a conversation of credit cards. My mom just never told me never get a credit card. So I never got a credit Same. card in college. Never, <laughs> never even understood why people would sign up for all these credit cards. And I was like, y'all are crazy. I'm not doing that. Girl, but after college... <laughs> I don't know what happened, but I remember specifically starting a job that I was going to have to like get dressed up to go to work. And I would go to beautiful JCPenney because they had all the coupons and they would give you all the rewards if you had a credit Mm -hmm. card. I don't Mm -hmm. know what happened. Mm -hmm. I just racked up that credit card. So I remember constant moments and it was just early 20 decisions like buying bundles of weed and going to go get my hair done and then I had an apartment and I wanted to furnish my apartment Mm -hmm. just just no real concept of if I swipe this card I'll be able to pay it back oh this is just twenty dollars here but never really a concept of this is eventually going to be maxed out and you can't go forward with this and so I think money story makes makes is a great place to start because I think a lot of times we want to address the action, but we're mm-hmm. not understanding the mindset behind it. Like, I really want you to go into detail about that because uh, actions I think are great to address, but we don't really realize like mindset is such a big thing. And also a lack of knowledge can really impact the way you perceive why these things are important. Exactly. Right. So um, same, right. My mom told me never to get credit cards, but she never told me why not. And she told me, she never told me like, if I did what to do with it. Right. So that lack of financial education also. And the interest on these these store credit cards is just, it's bonkers. They are ridiculous. Right. So if you're going to get a credit card, don't get a store credit card. Right. So we didn't have access to that sort of, those sorts of, that sort of information in order for us to make like better decisions with it. Right. Like if we had known, then maybe we would have done things differently. Um, So there definitely is a big part of that that goes back to the financial education but as far as the actions um i've recently changed like the entire process that i take my clients through and it's so much more um and focused on the mindset and the money story and we don't touch any numbers or budgets or do any of that sort of stuff but until talk about the actions and behavior until we get to like the root of the mindset and the money story and what was currently happening happening, right? Because, um, you know, CBT, we know that, you know, our thoughts impact our emotions. 
and then our emotions will impact our actions. So until we get, we start capturing these thoughts, it's no point of us like building a budget and trying to pay off debt if we haven't addressed the underlying things, because you're going to find yourself being right back where you started. Again, we're back in that yo-yo thing where you can make a budget, will be gung-ho for a while, and then you can easily fall off the wagon. And I don't want to just help people solve quick short-term problems, like just continue to put band-aids on things. I, I'm here to help people break some generational curses. So in order for us to do that, we really have to get to the root of, you know, what your money story is and what those mental and mindset blocks are so that we could address them before we take any actions. And I love that you shared that with your, your story, right? Like the budget for you felt like, um, what did you say? It felt like struggle, uh, struggle, like struggle. right? Yeah. It mm-hmm. felt like struggle and we don't, there was no that. freedom, but I mm-hmm. think the the concept of that and I also really want you to address like some of the things that come up like avoidance and Mm -hmm. hiding and Mm -hmm. fear but like I think the those associations become subconscious so when you become an adult like you experience these things as a kid but you're also like probably not old enough to get a job probably not old enough to do anything or like really do anything with money but also we probably thought like five hundred dollars back then was just like rolling in the dough baby five hundred dollars is nothing now okay Okay. so so to to when you become an adult and you have to actually start working the system that you learned you Mm -hmm. find if you have the awareness that it can be broken I think I didn't realize how broken it was until I got married because me and my husband worked very differently when it came to money. He was very, he's very frugal. He's also extremely like, if we're on a plan, we're on a plan. Mm -hmm. But he's also the person that's like, if we're on a plan and we ain't got enough, they gonna get it when we get it kind of thing. Whereas (laughs) I'm like, pay it on time, fam. Like what you doing? So I'm very, I'm also very organized. So I'll create it, but sometimes I won't stick to the plan. I'm the spender. So we had this conflict very early on in our marriage and it was causing a lot of issues. And we addressed it head on in the first year of our marriage. We paid off a lot of debt. I think we paid off over like $13,000. I don't think I ever told you the number um, of debt over a course of like a year, I want to say. Nice. Um, Which allowed us the opportunity, like when we had our son, we planned for him. Like we just did a lot of stuff. And then even our mindset towards credit cards and a lot of other stuff has shifted a lot. Um, But we were very, very strict for a while so that strictness was still there it was like it felt like struggle like we didn't have a clothing <laughs> budget for a while but I think what what changed was I didn't feel like I could hide any more of the things that I was struggling with with him because it was so present and we are the we're the marriage that we share everything we don't mm-hmm. this person pays half this other person we, we don't do that we everything comes in one pool yeah so it's finding a system that worked for us but I also think one of the biggest things and reasons why people don't address it is the avoidance. If I avoid this, it'll just go away. And that kind of goes in general with we, whenever we're doing anything, if you don't want to, if you're experiencing, if you're trying to do goals, if you're working after things, if you don't work towards it, if you avoid it, it's like, okay, it'll go away, but it's still there. Um, So, and money is probably one of the biggest things that I think always will be there because it's such a huge part of what we do day to day. 
Yeah. Money is intertwined in our lives more than we even really realize, right? When, as soon as you wake up, you're making money decisions from the type of toothpaste you buy, the toothbrush you use, the type of, you know, um, soap that you use, the food that you eat, right? Everything. Money is intertwined in our lives on so many different levels. Um, and so it's important for us, like we, we can't continue to avoid it. Um, you know, there's the three approaches that I see that are common is an avoidant approach where you're like, Okay, either if you have a spouse, you're passing it off to your spouse and like, I'll just let them deal with it, which is not healthy because if one, you should always be in a no women belong in any spaces that uh, decisions are being made. Okay, rest in peace, RBG. Um, and, <laughs> and, and two, you want to be able to, if anything were to happen to your spouse or to your relationship, you want to be able to maintain yourself and Listen. outside of that child. Girl, okay, because I think we okay. So I just want to go here brief mm-hmm. before you finish the three parts mm-hmm. because I think we didn't really me and my husband we didn't really realize um, just how lack of prepare we were until I got pregnant, and we were like, we don't even have life insurance. Mm-hmm. How do we not have life insurance if something were to ever happen to either one of us? Neither one of us would be prepared. Yeah. And life insurance policies are so inexpensive. They're so inexpensive. And again, fa- the financial knowledge, right? Like, so we didn't know that it was as affordable as it is or that we needed it. Um, yeah, but, you know. So avoidance. Making sure, like, so avoidance, avoidance making mm-hmm. sure, so, you know, either passing it off to your spouse or like you said, just kind of just putting everything off. I'll get to it one day and that day is going to come one day. Um, so there's an avoidant approach. There's the reactive approach. So that's when, you know, you're just taking things on as they come. So your kids need something, you're just paying for it. Then, um, you know, bills come up, a ticket, whatever it is, unexpected expenses, repairs, maintenance, and things like that. You're just dealing with things as they come up and you're, you're not really planning ahead. So you're always feeling like you're in some sort of crisis mode when you feel when you're reacting, um, it's just never very peaceful or settled. It's just always, things always come up. Life is always going to be happening to you. And so that's when you feel a lot of financial stress. And then there's the band-aid approach where you kind of just, okay, let me tackle one thing at a time and just trying to like, you know, just patchwork it, your finances. And so a lot of people focus on their credit score, right? Like, let me get my credit score up and, you know, they'll pay off some things on collections to boost their score. They'll do different things to try to boost their score. But you, And your score is an indication of like how well you're doing financially, but it doesn't tell you a whole picture. It really just gives you um, lenders, uh, shows them the ability, your ability to pay your bills. So it doesn't really give people a, a good um, overall view of how they're doing financially but that's something that a lot of people focus on when they're trying to get their finances together like let me just focus on my credit and that's the band-aid approach right or let me just save some money that's the band-aid approach we have to take a holistic view of this so that we can really create some lasting change because again if we're trying to change your money story your money mindset um, so that you can change your actions for the long haul, it, it takes more than just focusing on these little tiny things. So those are the three approaches that I see most uh, when people are are not managing and not dealing with their finances proactively. Um, and yeah, those those can be those can be tough. So so especially nowadays, I think a lot of us probably are feeling it more than. Mm-hmm. what we understand like with inflation mm-hmm. um the rise in cost of everything mm-hmm. i think 
especially as a therapist, I feel like I have more, more conversations with clients around money and like money stressors. What would you say, especially now, um, is important to understand to just prepare for things because I think we haven't experienced this level of inflation in a long time. Ever. It, it's been, <laughs> the, the, yeah, this current rate, we've never in the history have had uh, inflation this high. Yeah, like I remember when it, when gas was high back when like I want it wasn't this high. No, yeah, I, I don't remember, but I, but you know, also like I'm like, what, what am I gonna you do? You were stressing so, out. Yeah, we were stressing out at like three dollars. We were like, "Oh my gosh, you paying three dollars at a pump? Like you might get to four dollars." We were stressing out. Child, four dollars is good these days, yeah. right? Like, <laughs> so, um, yeah. So, so with that being said, like with the rise in cost of everything, what would you say to people more now about really, really being serious about managing and doing things with their money because? Yeah, we could talk about money story, but I also think a lot of people can get into survival mode because mm-hmm. there are so many options nowadays to make extra money, mm-hmm. which I want to talk. I know we talk a little bit about that in part two of just <clears throat> sometimes it's not scraping off. Sometimes it's really making more money. But for mm-hmm. you in general, talk about like, what do you, your um, work, like, what do you think people need to be preparing for and, or just like really being mindful of? Yeah. And mindful is my, mo- is my favorite word to use when it comes to your money. Like, I, I just want people to be more mindful of how they spend, right? Like, or just be mindful of how they manage their money. Cause I don't want to get too tight, but money management for me has four parts. So there's the money that you spend, there's the money that you save, there's the money that you give. So it, it doesn't matter how much money you're bringing in. You should always be able to give back some money to someone somewhere. Um, and then the money that you invest. So the money that you're bringing in should really be managed into those four categories. So if you have, you know, just thinking about that, um, you have to be mindful and strategic about how you plan for your money. If you if you know that your money has to hit all these different targets, right? And so, um creating a budget I mean it's really we we talk about it like in a sacrificial deprivation struggle type of way but think of it as being proactive and being grateful for the money that you have and being mindful and intentional with it because um, I do believe that you know we talk about like abundance and God giving you blessings like child if you want these blessings like if you're not managing the money that he has if you're not being a good steward of the money that he's that he's that you have right now that he's giving you right now what do you think why do you think he's gonna give you more right so we have to we have to start there uh, with with being as mindful and intentional with the money that we have currently um by creating a budget, planning every dollar out. I am not a fan of like those percentages budget. So it used to be the 50, 30, 20, where 50% of your um, income will go to your needs, then 20% will go to your wants. And uh, what is it? Th- sorry, 30% will go to your wants and then 20% will go to your savings. Um, especially when people are getting started, trying to put your numbers in those categories can be stressful as um, AF. So what we're going to do, we just going to go ahead and line item each um, category and plan until you can make sure that all your money has a home, even if you're leaving some money in a category for miscellaneous or cushion money. So in case something comes up, you have a little buffer between you and life happening. And so that's the way to be most intentional and to really start 
um, being proactive and getting out of that reactive um, avoidant and band-aid modes with your money, just trying to trying to be as proactive as possible. And then set one goal. Let's set one goal first to hit. So if it's to save, you know, a little emergency fund because, you know, your car keeps breaking down because that was what was happening to us when we were trying to get out of debt. Every like every week that my um, truck was in the shop. And so, you know, we we had a little emergency fund just for car repairs because we knew that that was going to be the thing that kept us in debt longer. So, you know, that was a goal for at that time was to keep money in that savings account so we can continue to pay off our debt, right? Or not. And I really like the stuff about being mindful. Cause so for people who don't have a budget, I will say eventually I got on board with budgeting. Like mm-hmm. me and my husband would sit down every single week. And for a while we did paper budget and girl, I hated having the meetings with him, but eventually it got to a point to where he didn't have to keep saying, Rosalind, why did you overspend? Rosalind, why did you overspend? <laughs> and it became more of a, now it's just almost, it's, it's so autopilot for us to have a budget mm-hmm. that we know, like even we have a date night um, allotment and every time we do a date, we're like, how much do we spend this month for a date night? Mm-hmm. And it's probably like a hundred dollars now, a hundred dollars and a lot for a really nice date. Let me just say, but like, if we want to go grab some food and like go to a park and eat or just go to the movies or do whatever, mm-hmm. we've allotted that for us. Yeah. <clears throat> And like you said, miscellaneous, that's an area of our budget. We just put like a hundred dollars and it's just yeah. like random stuff that you don't think about in the month that like randomly he had to pay his tags and it was like $85 that goes into miscellaneous. And so if those things that you don't really think about are helpful, but having a home for your money because it's such a spreadsheet, like every month yeah, you got all this money coming in, but where is it going? And so those things add up over time. And if you don't have a budget or you don't have a place where these things go, you're constantly going to be worried about transactions being taken out of your account and you don't know how much is going to be you'll have for the rest of the month. And so I think those things become, it becomes so much easier when you have a place and a name for everything because you're not concerned. Like we do not go to sleep concerned about money Mm -hmm. and it's so much easier. Even when our son was born, I talked about this with you before, like we saved, we saved about, I want to say he probably put away over the course, I was paying like $1,500 for Elijah. We use that now for diapers and toys and like, Mm -hmm. you don't have to think about, like I just spent so much money on him for summer goodies like we bought yeah. a little sprinkler thing for him that was not planned in our budget but because we had saved that and he's a year and a half now we did that yeah. when I was pregnant those things make it less stressful because we had already planned ahead mm-hmm. and it, it does not happen overnight Nico and I've been married four years it's taken us probably close to this amount of time to like get it right but it doesn't mean like this small amount of time in the grand scheme of our marriage will make more sense long-term because we've handled it. And so I think the avoidance really becomes just a short-term feeling Mm -hmm. over the long-term goal. And I like what you said about really just creating one goal. One goal for us was emergency fund. Yeah, It became like, okay, let's have three to six months of expenses. Mm -hmm. I remember when I quit my job, um, to go into entrepreneurship, we had like eight months worth of expenses saved nice. because yeah. we were so like, we need to make sure I'm okay. But also 
it doesn't make sense to, for me to hop out of a job and not be prepared Mm -hmm. um, for the long haul. And in between the time we bought a house, like there's just, it just, it, it becomes less stressful when you do address it head on. And I think at 29, 29, 28, when we first got married, I didn't really understand at the time. Now at almost 32, I'm like, girl, Praise God you did that. Okay. Right. And so I love that you mentioned that because that is so true. I think that is one of the reasons why people are in that yo-yo phase where they're on the, on the wagon and off the wagon with their finances and budgeting and, and money management. Um, it's because it's not really, it doesn't, it's not easy in the beginning, right? Like you're you don't have, you don't, you don't have three to six months of expenses saved, sis. Right. You are sometimes paying off debt. Mm-hmm. be able to have more income we paid off our cars that was six hundred dollars of yeah. extra money it was probably like close to six hundred dollars extra money imagine what you would do if you had seven hundred dollars extra money in your account yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. from just taking the time to just say okay we're gonna pay a little bit more we're gonna pay a little bit more we're gonna be intentional about paying it yeah but it wasn't like that at first until now like, you couldn't pay me to have a car no but if i had one, okay <laughs> But yeah, like, but it's, but it's not easy in the beginning, right? Like putting all this stuff together, like you say, like our budget meetings, when we first started, probably took us like an hour. I want to say probably like an hour, hour and a half for us to sit down and plan everything out. And we would forget stuff. And then we'd be trying to reconcile and figure out. And then at that time we had a whole bunch of different accounts and all these credit cards that we're paying off. So it was chaotic, right? It was really disorganized. And so it took a, a while for us to, to get everything together um, but we were, we, we were so focused on getting out of debt and saving money and, and creating the life that I saw that I was, I was so focused on that, that it didn't matter what I had to do. I was committed to doing it. Right. But now our budget conversations, like even for like to create a monthly budget, it probably take like 30 minutes. Our weekly check-ins is like a 10 minute. Okay. What happened last week? What happened this week? Where do we need to move money? Mm-hmm. What's coming? Like, it's so quick. Um, so the the more you do it, the easier it becomes. And I feel like people never really give themselves a chance to get to that phase because they've given up because they, they went over budget or it was too hard or the software that the app that they were using or the spreadsheet that they were using, they didn't like it. And so, you know, it's really about finding the system that works for you, uh, but persevering through that initial like the start phase. Um, you're not going to be good at it at the beginning. You're going to get it wrong and you have to be okay with that. Um, but I think something else that you said about, um, you were talking about saving for your kids. Yeah. I mean, just, just having the foresight to kind of just plan ahead to create that why. And to get I don't even know ahead. why we have foresight, girl. I was just like, Nico, we need to have a little safe sky. He was like, okay. Yeah. Just, just having a little bit of foresight will help you to, to get connected to whatever it is that you want to accomplish. And I think too, um, the, I, I like how you said the perseverance with the start phase. Cause I think again, it took us about a year. We had, I had a $5,000 credit card. We had, I think the rest of the payments on our cars, we had a couple of credit cards Nico had, and they were, Nico is not a spender. He, they were like two to $300. And I'm like, why don't you just pay these off? He's like, I'll pay it when we get the money. And I'm like, <laughs> Okay, bro. We have the money. You okay. pay it. But also, it, it took some time to get to that point. Mm-hmm. We were just being very intentional, and also 
trusting your spouse if they are you know I, I don't know everybody's spouse but trusting your spouse in the mm-hmm. process is really important because at one point I gave him my cards I was yeah. like pick them from me because it was just so so hard but also the other thing that I want to say which is what we and Tiffany kind of been saying is why mindset work in the beginning is so important because if let's just say you're someone that constantly buys fast food are you someone that buys fast food out of an emotional place? Is it out of convenience? Is Are you like, I just want to get this right now because I have it. I'll worry about it later. This is why mindset is so important. How can you create an opportunity to prepare and do other things? And you sometimes can't address the creating the budget if the mindset piece isn't help, isn't there first because those numbers will scare you and make you want to throw everything away. Ciao. Yeah, like I said, I just I did an overhaul of my process because, you know, uh, initially, because I started my business in 2020, but what I had my clients doing first was looking at their finances. So we would do, we would start with the financial audit, but like, all right, girl, let's, let's go ahead and see what's going on here. And when I tell you, like, it was not an easy experience and I was there coaching them through the whole process, but they were, my clients were so fearful and resistant to even like pull, I was like, you know, for a a small additional fee, I can organize it for you. They wouldn't even send it to me. Like they didn't want to pull back that curtain at all. Right. Like it was complete ignorance is bliss um, type of attitude with it. But once you see what's going on, it's really freeing to see, you know, oh, okay. Either, you know, wasn't as bad as I, I thought, or wow, I didn't realize that this is what was happening. But this is why I switched the process to focusing on mindset first. So that when we when we do get to the part where we're pulling up numbers, you know, one, that shock kind of goes away, but you know why you're doing this. And we know what um, what thoughts and action or thoughts we're looking for and feelings we're looking for, what those sorts of triggers so that we can be proactive in how we respond to that. But you can't really do any of those sorts of things without a, a high level of awareness. And so, you know, that's why the mindset piece is so important because we're bringing awareness to the thoughts, to the money story, to the beliefs that are have gotten you to where you are. And we have to address those if we're going to change your trajectory. And also, I think too, I think it's also, I think the great part about um your process now too like you said with the dreaming it it takes away the feeling of being stuck because I think that is oh my god that is just so often what you feel in the process it's like it'll always be this way Mm -hmm. I'll always have this debt Mm -hmm. never gonna get out of it even if you're proactively paying it off or proactively doing it until it's really gone you really don't feel the impact of it in the process and so I think it's really important to know that dreaming is a part of the process. Like I, I think I told you before, but I was telling Nico once I said, when I kids get like close to like seven or eight or like something, I want to buy an RV and every summer. We just drive around the country. He was like the most random. Like, <laughs> that is so random. I said, you can have to work a remote job eventually because I really wanted to travel in the summer. And he was just like, what but I'm thinking to myself yeah I want to buy an RV yeah. I want to I want to travel I want our kids to be able to say oh my god that summer we went to the Grand Canyon that is a dream that I really want to have yeah now Elijah's not even close to eight years old but just thinking about those things are making it exciting to eventually plan for and so yeah. I think 
a part of just being able to not even have to go as far as having an RV, but being able to go to sleep at night and you're not concerned about finances, mm-hmm. being able to like go to the store and say, I have this amount of money to spend and I'm totally fine with that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think more than importantly, it's so important nowadays to do that just because of the consistency of the way our economy is looking, why it's important to have your personal finances um, taken care of. Yeah. And, and also giving yourself or yeah, I, I, I'm trying to stop using that giving yourself grace. Um, <laughs> Cause I feel there's a really fine line between giving yourself grace and making excuses. We don't have to get into that right now, but. No, but um, no, you talk about it. Cause I think, <laughs> I think the excuses part is the avoidance of mm-hmm. just like personal responsibility because yeah. it is and that personal responsibility does not feel good. It's yeah. it's really taking into account these are the things I've done. Y'all was buying bundles of hair. But <laughs> y'all yes. being I remember I was 20, I was like 26, 27, and I was like, I'm gonna learn how to make a wig. And I was buying all this little hair from like charging the card. But at least you were listen. Listen, I would I was that friend. Like all my friends loved going to the club with me because I would be buying bottles. I would be like drinks on me. Okay, McDonald's after I put McDonald's on credit cards. That McDonald's from the after parties on credit cards. Okay, we won't have to talk about that. Uh, <laughs> but personal but the, is important. Like yeah, personal personal responsibility is really important. But you know, giving yourself the grace because we're talking about decades of money story and beliefs that we are trying to you know shift and reframe and so it was going to take time so I want you you know to be gentle and patient with yourself as you go through the process because you're going to always learn new things about yourself you know right now my husband and I are in the in the process of transitioning to minimalism and one thing that I realized um, right one of the things that made me want to make the shift was that I realized that you know now that we've got this debt paid off now we're making money you know we have the house we have the kids we still have surplus and I have the ability to now give my kids the things not only that they need but I can give them the things that they want too and so I bought them like all the things that they want and now my house is full of stuff and my kids right so like you know this is a new feeling for me. I didn't realize that, you know, even getting to the stage, the next stage of where I wanted to be in life, that would create a different mindset shift that I have to make. So now, you know, now the shift that I'm making is, um, not my kids don't need everything that they want. Um, but just also, you know, just working through that mindset of that next level of success and being okay with not necessarily sacrificing everything, but there's always going to be some sort of mindset shift and and challenging your beliefs and your thoughts in the process of getting your finances together. So give yourself grace, because again, we're talking about decades of of mindset work and beliefs that we're going to be dealing with. This is why I always say like, your mental health has to be a priority because it impacts every single area. We're just talking about money. Mm -hmm. We're talking about relationships how you, it it can impact every area of your life. And so um, this was so good, Tiffany. So why don't you tell the people where they can find you? And then we all will see her in part two. 
Yeah, so you can connect with me on Instagram and on Facebook at The Lotus Legacy. Um, like I said, I'm a personal financial coach. I work with clients in group settings and in one-on-one. So if you are interested in working with me, the best way to reach uh, me is to connect with me on Instagram. That's me. It's a real person. Um, so you can shoot me a message and let me know that you heard me on the podcast and that you wanted to connect. And I would love to hear from you. Yay! And you definitely, like y'all, I will say this, even if um money is a struggle like there is no amount of money that you can ever be able to spend where you can get investment in yourself mm-hmm. and from someone who's walked the walk and talked the talk but also you don't have to feel like you're doing this alone I, I mm-hmm. will always say invest in coaching I will always say invest in yourself in some way where you're getting time taken off because coaches I will say they take time mm-hmm. and and time and also like all the crazy things you're thinking in between time, they take that time off because they're walking you through the process. So if you have the ability, definitely make your investment in yourself. So I love y'all and we'll see you in part two and I'll talk to you later. Bye. Thanks, bye.